1: Hey, welcome to the program, episode 16 of Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, you can leave that door open. Uh all, sorry, just giving some instruction here inside the studio. I, we have an open door policy here on the uh, on this program Live Mic. I like the the door wide open folks as they come and go. Uh, it can stop in and and get a chance to sit behind the Live Mic as we call the program, uh, talk to us about anything. And that's what we're doing on today's program. There is a lot to get to today. We're going to speak to two uh, gubernatorial candidates here in studio. Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox will join us later on in the program. We will hear from John Huntsman. He'll join us here in studio uh, and in addition to that, we're going to speak to Senator Mike Lee, not running for governor, uh, but he is going to join us. Uh, he has a fascinating op-ed printed in Fox News today. It uh, is absolutely fascinating. Over the past number of days, we have heard uh, these members of the Senate uh, talking about what they will do as jurors in this Senate trial, if it ever happens. Uh, we've heard them say that as a juror, they will either be partial with an open mind or they will be impartial, whatever. But the term juror has been thrown around a uh, Left and right, as you have heard, these uh, upcoming proceedings described. Well, Senator Mike Lee uh, makes an interesting case, and it is that it is wholly inappropriate to be using the phrase juror. That the senators who will uh, essentially adjudicate this trial are not jurors. That there is a grand distinction between uh, what is a juror, as you and I understand them, in in criminal trials and civil trials, uh, but. That the senators themselves, as this trial begins regarding the impeachment of the President of the United States, are in fact not jurors. I'm looking forward to that conversation. We'll share some of the excerpts from his op-ed. It's fascinating stuff. I find myself uh, going down these rabbit holes of history as these impeachment proceedings have uh, transpired. There's so many opportunities to uh, like Google around and find out how things were in the Clinton days or as things were looking like uh, impeachment for Nixon and even back further into history. Absolutely fascinating. And uh, Senator Mike Lee is going to give us a little bit of a lesson uh, on on some of that history uh when he joins us today just after one thirty, We also this morning are following you've heard this on KSL News Radio over the past few days. It's an in-depth look at uh prescription drug pricing uh and access that folks have to these prescription drugs when they find themselves uh you know with some sort of disorder that requires expensive uh remedies. We yesterday Spoke to Chet Loftus, who's the managing director of PEHP. That's a, a program here in the state of Utah that allows uh, for employees, uh, state employees who participate in this program, they, in an effort to save money both for the, the provider and as well as themselves, uh, they engage in something called prescription tourism. Uh, It's fascinating. We spoke yesterday uh, to the the managing director of the program. Let me get you back up to speed on what that program is. And then I'm going to share with you uh, some of the extra details I found uh, about this topic in general, about medical uh, tourism.
0: Pharmacy tourism has been around for 15 to 20 years in terms of going to another country and receiving services. We have literally tens of thousands of people that come to the United States as well for those services.
1: So you heard that phrase used right there. Uh, this is pharmacy tourism. So as I share with you what our conversation was yesterday with Chet Loftus, uh, I want you to understand that it's, it's dealing strictly with prescription drugs. And after we go through uh, what we learned yesterday, I'm going to share with you a a bit of a a broader look at this medical tourism. If I'm honest, uh, it's only recently I came to really understand what this is and why folks find themselves engaging in the practice. Uh, Here's more from Chet Loftus.
0: We're using a vendor in order to do this, right? And the vendor that we have, they help us with the travel arrangements, right? We work with that vendor to make sure that we're getting the right drug and making sure that it it has the right chain of custody, the right kind of regulatory type things to make sure all of that is good. And then they receive treatment like you would receive, you know, treatment anywhere else. But it does require us to send them there for that. And we pay for the, uh, you know, pay for the flight. uh, And then we also pay them $500 every time they go down as part of that cash back program that's telling you a little bit about.
1: Here in the state of Utah, there are about 10 public employees who have different conditions that require certain types of medication. Here in the United States, that medication is astronomically expensive, uh, prohibitively so, uh, both for themselves and also, uh, as we hear from the director of this program, uh, pretty expensive for the, the the program itself. And he's been tasked, his department has been tasked with finding ways uh, to save money. And one such way is here what we're talking about, this pharmacy tourism. And what you just heard uh, Mr. Loftus briefly described. there was there are Utahns, about 10 of them, who qualify for this program, but it's available to all who, who qualify. Ten of them participating currently. They hop on a plane here in Salt Lake. They fly down to San Diego. Uh, they hop in a car. They drive over the border into Tijuana. Uh, there's someone to to receive them at the uh, at the airport in San Diego. Someone to escort them. They then drive over the border into Mexico. There's an entirely built up uh, uh, neighborhood that caters to just such uh, this type of tourism. And, and tourism is a, is a phrase you here we're using kind of lightly. They're not, it's not exactly a vacation. Uh, they fly down there. They're in Tijuana, and then they go to a pharmacy that is able to administer to them these medications at a dr- dramatically cut rate, uh, something far less expensive than they would find here in the United States. Now, this segment here, the program is not necessarily to get into this grand debate over why it is the case or why it isn't, uh, why is it a good idea or a bad idea? Uh, it's just simply for the mean, in the for, for the for now to share uh, what is going on. And this is one of the things going on here in Utah. And there are savings to be had. Mr. Loftus yesterday talked to us about some of the savings the state has enjoyed as they have uh, enticed employees to take advantage of this program.
0: We've saved the state and the taxpayers, you know, $225,000. This is only one small program of everything we do at PHP. Um, We do an awful lot of other things that are meant, to again, to try to provide the best care at at the lowest prices and lowest costs and those kinds of things, again, to help taxpayers and also to keep more money in the pockets of public employees.
1: So that's prescription tourism. That's a program uh, here in Utah where a handful of public employees are able to take advantage. Now, there is a broader question of medical tourism. And I have, if I'm honest, just recently learned uh, some of the details of this, some of the practice. It's been going on for a good long time. Uh, I, was, I have this habit, I've told you about this in the past, of going uh, into this website, newspapers.com, where they house an archive of, of old, old newspapers going back decades and sometimes centuries. There are, uh, I've read uh, some newspapers from the 1700s. It's fascinating. Uh, but anyway, I wanted to see how far back I could find reference made to this type of medical tourism. And it goes back a long, long way. Uh, and there i was finding things in the 80s uh and even back before that this question came up in in europe uh, there were European nations where individuals were going from one to the other uh, shopping around for the affordable rates uh, well here in the United States, it continues to happen. There are either procedures or medications uh, that are more affordable and more accessible uh, outside of uh, of our borders now again, this is not i don 't present all this to 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 uh, trigger some grand debate over you know what 's right and if our system is broken i happen to believe that it is, and there is some room for improvement, uh, but this isn't the time for that. Right now, again, just talking about medical tourism, uh, I got curious. So after I went combing through the newspaper archives, I pulled up uh, what the CDC had to say on the matter, and uh, they have some pretty strong advice when it comes to this medical tourism. Uh, Under the headline, Going Abroad for Medical Care, The CDC says medical tourism refers to traveling to another country for medical care. It's estimated that thousands of U.S. residents travel abroad for care each year. Many factors influence the decision to seek medical care overseas. Some people travel for care because treatment is cheaper in another country. Other medical tourists may be immigrants to the United States who prefer to return to their home country for health care. Still, others may travel to receive a procedure uh, or therapy not available in the United States. The most common procedures... that people undergo on medical tourism trips, trips include, now get this again, these are the most common procedures that people undergo on medical tourism trips. According to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, they say those trips include cosmetic surgery, dentistry, and uh, heart surgery. Cosmetic surgery, dentistry, and heart surgery are the most common trips being taken, uh, by people who are using this medical tourism, uh, type, uh, uh approach to saving money. So that is, again, I, I want to be clear that that is separate and apart from the conversation we had yesterday. Yesterday referred specifically to, uh, prescription drugs, uh, which were expensive here and more affordable, uh, over in Tijuana. There's a, a and, and it's also a very narrow category of autoimmune disease type drugs, uh, which, which are driving people down to, uh, Tijuana. And again, only 10 of them, but the program exists and it exists in a few different areas. So thanks for, uh, hanging with me through that little chat right now. That's really just setting the stage. In our next segment, we're going to have KSL News Radio's Kelly Pierce is going to talk to us in the, the ongoing series here at KSL News Radio, A Costly Cure. She's been looking into the issue of how prices are set and how the FDA is involved here in the United States. That's next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio.